Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Climbing the Ivy on the Fan Sided Network. This is your host, Alex Pat, alongside Adam McGinnis. Happy All-Star Week, everybody. The first half is in the books. I think there's a lot of frustration and disappointment around the fan base, and believe me, Adam and I are feeling it too. We're going to touch on that. We'll also touch on the All-Star festivities or a few fun things to talk about, and maybe a little controversy over the balls. All of that and more on Climbing the Ivy. Adam, how you doing? Doing well. How are you? I am doing just fine, thank you. Good to hear. Okay, so I'm going to just start this show right off the bat. Just going to ask you this question. Okay. Are the Cubs going to make a move? Yeah. What do you, I mean, what, what kind of move? I mean, this... Any like move, move that's significant before the second half starts, so within these next few days. Yeah, I don't think they'll stand pat. I really don't. I mean, like we've said, things have been kind of rough for them lately, and it's really it's anyone's guess where they're going to finish at the end of the year. But the reality is it's a really tight race right now. I mean, even for only being four games over five hundred right now, which is severely underachieving for this team on paper anyway. But even given that, they're a half game in first place. So just, just, just the fact that they're in first place right now, I think it would be irresponsible of them to not make some sort of move. I think you, at this point, you got to go for it, even if things are not great at the moment. Yeah, I mean, you got to take what you've been given. I mean, let's, let's be real. If they played in a better division, they'd be way out of first place. Oh, yeah. But the yeah. reality is you're not. But they're not, yeah. And, and you know, it would be one thing if they were 47 and 43 and they were playing their best baseball and this was their record. But we know they're a much better team than this. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really look at it as, oh, God, they're just kind of a 500 team right now. It's, it's not realistic that they're going to make a big push in the postseason. But they're underperforming right now. Yeah. So it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that they're going to pick things up and they're going to look like the Cubs we know uh, come fall, come August. So yeah, I I think that I think that making a move to to add to the team is the play right now. I really do. Um, and I wasn't necessarily opposed to acquiring some farm talent if the Cubs were clearly, you know, if if the Brewers had a massive lead on them or something by this right. point. I wouldn't have been opposed to that at all, but that's not the case now because the Brewers aren't playing all that hot either. So yeah, Cubs are in first place. They could pick things up uh, come postseason time. I think you got to add. You know, your window to win does not last forever. Uh, this season has not been totally ideal, but reality is they're still in it very much so. So yeah, I think you gotta you gotta make the team better if you can, and. I don't think they necessarily can go out and get one of the big fish on the trade market. I mean, I've seen apparently guys like Madison Bumgarner is available. I don't see the Cubs even having the assets to be able to acquire Madison Bumgarner. To be honest with you, I don't even know that they've got enough to acquire Whit Merrifield from the Royals, even if they wanted to. I really so what, what, I, what I think is realistic for the Cubs is to go out and get a, a like a mid-tier bullpen guy. Maybe uh, I've I've seen reports that they're interested in David Peralta from the Diamondbacks. Uh, so I think that's about as exciting as it could get as far as uh, trades go over the break here. But I do think the Cubs will add. I think they should add. 
Yeah, if you remember, it was two years ago during the All-Star break, right before the second half started, when the Cubs traded for Jose Quintana. Now, we had the assets back then to make a big trade, and they did. Like you said, we don't. And I agree, I don't think Whit Merrifield is really on the table right now with the assets they have. Madison Bumgarner, I don't even know why you would want to get Madison Bumgarner right now. It's not really the biggest need, and Madison Bumgarner's not had the best year. No, and it's he's a rental too, obviously. Yeah, exactly. He's a rental. And you know, now, I from what I've seen, I, I it doesn't even sound like the Royals want to trade Whit Merrifield, which is kind of surprising to me. I just wonder if it has to do with the years of control. He's got a yeah, lot of years. Yeah, he's he's, he's under control. Yeah, but he he's he's older too, though. So I mean, he it's is. not. Uh, I just don't know. You know, whenever the Royals project themselves to be competitive. Uh, again, it's not going to be for a long Whit, Whit Merritt. Yeah, yeah, that that that's not going to be for a long time. I mean, it's I there's really there's no clear roadmap to when that's that time is going to come. And surely when it does come, Whit Merrifield is going to be way past his prime. So I'm not not really sure the logic behind holding on to him right now when his stock is really high and a lot of teams would be interested in him. I mean, and I, I can appreciate the fact that he's one of their few compelling players left and you don't necessarily you know you don't want to deprive your your fans of of excitement because sure i mean the royals are pretty starved for excitement and yeah i guess you have to have some incentive for people to come to the ballpark but i don't know it it seems like a weird move to me to to hold on to him if he was 23 24 that would be a different i would understand yeah but he i mean he's in his 30s right right Right, yeah, yep, so it's, it seems really weird to me that they that they wouldn't want to trade him. But Yeah, no, I, I'm totally there with you. I think uh, a team is going to really have to blow them away with the Kings' ransom. But, you know, the thing is, we've seen it in recent years where the Kings' ransoms are mainly going to arms, not necessarily position players. But Which is, is odd one, to me because... That's always been odd to me because the a guy like Whit Merrifield can play nearly every day, right? You know, the 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 huge haul that you get for a pitcher that I mean you're giving all that up for somebody who's only going to play once every five days. So mm-hmm. it, that's always seemed a little backwards to me. But I guess you know the the numbers on on how those guys impact. I guess they they speak for themselves. But it, it's just always seemed weird to me that you pay more for somebody who only plays a fifth of the time of a position player. No, I, I definitely agree with you. I just, I can't help but wonder if, you know, it, it has to do with the fact that, you know, so many ace pitchers out there, you only have so many of those guys and you clearly right. need them to contend. And you're in an era now where offense is at an all time high with slugging and as well as strikeouts. So I guess you got to do everything you can to combat that. But even a few years ago, when the balls weren't flying out of the ballpark, like, crazy like they are now you, you still saw a lot of king's ransom trades yeah that happened with pitchers that's a good point you make i mean for every madison bumgarner there's three or four or five whit merrifields available so right i guess there's you know there's the quantity aspect to that too yeah i guess maybe it's, it's like okay football you have a stud linebacker or you have a power back you have your small pool of stud linebackers, pro bowlers, like a 
you know, whether it's like a Khalil Mack or, you know, somebody like that. Yeah. But a run, you can find running backs pretty much anywhere that True. can be effective. Yeah. I mean, it's Jordan weird. Howard. Look at Jordan Howard. He was traded oh, yeah. for nothing. He's coming yeah. off. It, last year wasn't great, yeah. but the few years before that, he had over 1,000 yards. Staple they're, they're of my 2016 fantasy football team. I think it was 2016. Whatever year, he was he was really good. It was his rookie year, right. yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird applying supply and demand to people rather than products when it people is. are the product <laughs> but you know that's that's the business baseball yeah yeah so it, it's very interesting that you bring that up uh to go back to david peralta you mentioned david peralta i'm looking at his numbers now 289 352 476 an ops of 828 nine homers 44 rbis an ops plus of 112 He's coming off a career-high 30 homers. Then again, a lot of people are coming off career-high homers. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. But still, I mean, last year he batted 293, 352, 352 the year before that. Three straight years. Obviously, this year isn't over yet. His on-base percentage is 352, 352, and right now, 352. Career 347 on-base, career 481 slugging. He can produce. Yeah, good player. Uh, I think he's mostly just an average defender. You can correct me if I'm wrong there. I don't think he's anything overly special in the field, no. but he's certainly not a liability either. So I think, yeah, David Peralta would be a really good piece for the Cubs to acquire. I don't know if that could happen or not. I would imagine that there will be multiple teams interested in him. But I would like to see the Cubs go after a guy like that for sure. Yeah, and Peralta, the one kind of down with him right now is that uh, he's had some shoulder soreness. It doesn't sound serious at all, but, you know, injuries can always scare anybody. But, yeah, I mean, just coming from what he's done overall, that would be a really solid bat to add to the outfield. I mean, when you think about it, in terms of just outfielders and... I don't really count Chris Bryant as an outfielder, even though he plays outfield a good chunk of the time. If you look at just kind of the the pure outfielders on this team, I would say Jason Hayward's been the most consistent. Yeah, I mean he had uh, he had a little bit of a slump in the middle of this first half here, but he's also been about the only player who's been playing worth a crap for the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Hayward's been having a nice season. But, yeah, I mean, the Cubs are really, really hurting for some consistency. I mean, they, they're, those guys are so streaky this year, like, I've, like we've never seen. I mean, we, we, we've always known that they're prone to streakiness. It's just kind of who they are. But this year has just been weird about it, really weird. Who would you say has been the most consistent Cub overall in terms of batting production? Just for for this season, or mm-hmm. for just know, going season. back a few years for this season, um, well, that's kind of tough to say. I I wouldn't say it's Hayward. Um, no, I wouldn't either. You know, part of me wants to say Anthony Rizzo. He started really slow at the beginning of the year, but he's mostly been pretty good since then. Chris Bryant's been kind of off and on. He's been great lately. The thing with Rizzo um, is he was in a bit of a slump before this past series or two. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And uh, that may have cost him an all-star nod. Contreras has been fairly consistent this year, too. He had he had a little bit of a slump there for a while, too. But, 
I mean, overall, he's playing pretty well. Baez was great, and then he started slumping. I don't know. I don't know if there is one guy who's been really consistent from start to finish so far. Wilson Contreras has had a few, like, three, four-game stretches where he hasn't gotten a hit, but I kind of want to say he's been the closest thing to it. I think he might be right. I think it might be him. I really do. And I also think that Baez may be a bit more in that conversation had he not injured his ankle, because I think that really took a toll on him for at least two, three weeks. Yeah, I think so, too. So, yeah, I think I'd have to go Contreras. If you want to know somebody who's really streaky, look at David Bodie. Really streaky. Man, he's kind of all or nothing, you know? Yeah. He doesn't really have very many average games. He's pretty much... He's either 0 for 4 with a few strikeouts or he's like 4 for 4 with a couple homers and a triple. Mm-hmm. Like that guy, that guy's boomer bust out there. I also think that uh, he may need to make some adjustments. I think they've, you know, people have done their scouting. They figured him out because if you've noticed the past while, he's been striking out a lot on fastballs up and in. You know, you throw the fastball yeah. up, he's been chasing it. And it just, it seems like lately, He's been having trouble just catching up to fastballs, period. Anything over 93, 94 miles an hour, he can't touch. And maybe he just needs to make a little bit of adjustment, but I've just been noticing that lately. Yeah, and maybe that's part of the reason why he's not getting as much playing time as people yeah. have hoped. Yeah, you know, I think I'm understanding more and more why he's not playing every day. I, I really am because of that. I, I yeah. think Joe Mann has kind of seen... What has been happening with him? Uh, you know, it, about a month ago when he was hot again, it, he had to be in there all the time. But then he's he's gone to a slump, and I think they've done the scouting on him. And mm-hmm. Bodie's just going to need to readjust here. But yeah, yeah, I think that's probably why. Yeah, I would have to agree with that, and I'm not sure that the alternatives to Bodie are really all that much better. No, but this is just kind of the hand they've been dealt right now. It's not ideal, but it is what it is. That's the situation. And I would like to see him keep getting some cracks at it. I, I just think that, you know, even though we just said he, he's boom or bust, I think that his his boom moments make it worth it to have mm-hmm. him in there uh, when they can. And I think that he could be a huge help down the stretch. I think it would be in their best interest to see if they can get him to heat up a little bit by that time. Mm-hmm. But for the time being... From what we've seen, yeah, I can understand his lack of playing time. I just think that, you know, the way things are going for the Cubs, it would be worth it to to keep giving him some cracks at it. Let's talk about Rebel Garcia. He finally made his debut. Yeah, uh, what I a think, debut. Yeah, it was what, the 4th of July? His official well, I, start yeah, was, the, was the 4th of July. Yeah. Yeah, because I think the 3rd he had some at-bats, but... He first started on the 4th of July, and so far in four games, 13 plate appearances, he has four hits, a triple, two homers, two RBIs, two walks, four strikeouts. That's a, that is a 364 average, a 462 on base, a 1.091 slugging, and an OPS uh, just north of 1.5. I love giving this kid a shot. He looks really i'd say comfortable so it's a very small sample size the defense has looked pretty shaky here's my thing i like watching this kid play i think he should continue 
continue to get his chances. My one question is, can he keep this up? Because we have seen guys in the past, like an Arismendi Alcantara or a Jake Fox, even if we're going back like a decade, where you know guys will come up from the minors. Heck, even David Bodie last year was kind of like this. They they come up, they start hitting, and then people make adjustments to them, and you know they they start to struggle a little bit. I just I think that while letting Robel Garcia get some time. It is wise if you can't get any more production from the second base spot to go after a veteran, someone you can rely on. Uh, yeah, I don't disagree. I, I just think that the way things are going for the Cubs right now with everybody kind of cold, you got to play the hot hand, you know, and if, sure. if, if, if Robel is going to, if he's going to play like this, uh, I, I think you roll with him until he starts struggling. I really do. I mean, I, I mean, he's a young sure. guy. He's he's there to 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 prove that he can stay there. Uh, yeah, I I think you could you you just got to keep trotting him out there until he's until he gets cold. And, and yeah, and, and that doesn't mean that you don't go after a veteran guy too. I I think both things are possible. I think they should do both things. I always always a proponent of going out and getting a veteran guy after the break. Always. Mm-hmm. And you know, Rebel Garcia. Maybe he won't cool off. Maybe he'll keep going. I really am rooting for the guy. I, He's been really fun to watch so far. He's been a lot of fun following in the minors. I, I, I just think that sometimes you need a little bit of a safety net because you oh, know, yeah. trying to incorporate uh, a career minor leaguer who's having you know a hot season right now, who's not really necessarily a prospect, it's a little riskier. It can work. It can work. I'm not you know, fully doubting him, but I'm just saying, you know, keep different scenarios in mind because I really cannot tell you what Rubel Garcia is going to be in a month from now. Maybe he doesn't do anything. Maybe he keeps doing stuff. I really don't know. But so far, I like what I've seen. I really hope he keeps it up. Totally agree. I mean, and if history is any indication, he's going to start hitting a wall here pretty soon. I mean, this is... A pretty common thing. Rookie gets called up, is really hot for a while, and then all of a sudden, you know, teams figure it out and and things slow down a little bit. I am pretty much expecting that to happen. It, it's usually the case for these guys. You know, is he going to be a 364 hitter from now until the end of the year? No, but I. That's not to say that he he can't have a successful season. Oh yeah, you know, I'm not sure. necessarily saying he's going to finish with a 220 average either. But you know, if he can just be a viable option for them, that's good enough. Yeah, I I completely agree. The Rebel Garcia move was made to try to give this team a spark. Like you know, it's it's kind of like uh, like an emergency start to your car with uh, cables in the winter where sure. you're not trying to run this thing for a while. You're just trying to get it started again. That's pretty much what Rebel Garcia is trying to do right now. I think Theo Epstein has in mind that other moves are going to be made that calling up Rebel Garcia alone isn't going to fix everything, but it could be enough of a spark to kind of help things get back on track for the time being. Would you say that's accurate? I would. I would. Okay, so just going back to the first half, I listened to Len Casper on the radio the other day in the car, and he made some really good points. 
you know, he said, look, I know the main focuses on the big problems have mainly included two things, bullpen and runners in scoring position. While I agree, those are two very big problems. What Len Casper brought up as his biggest problem and the most baffling problem is what I agree with. It's just the sloppy play, the errors, the missed signs, the toot blands on the bases. It's the errors, miscues, and just routine things that get botched on a nightly basis. I mean, because yeah. that's something, there's no explanation for that. It just, it keeps happening. For a group of guys who are known for usually being above average defensively, when you have multiple gold glove candidates and a couple of gold glove winners on that field, and everyone is just booting these routine plays day in, day out, that there's just there's no answer for it. There's no real excuse for it. And the fact that it happens over and over, uh, it, you know, that'll cost you some games. Yeah, it's just plain and simple. It's got to stop. I mean, to me, it looks like laziness. I don't know if you would agree with that or not, but it, it just looks like they're uninterested sometimes. I can't remember where I read this or exactly who said it, but I swore I read somewhere recently that somebody from some team commented on the Cubs and just said they don't look motivated. They don't look in it. I 100% agree with that. They really so, don't. They so look. What's they the kind of just. I don't know. They they, they kind of just look like they're going through the motions, mm-hmm. and like they expect that to be good enough. I mean, and you know, granted, they are in first place, but they got to be careful because I mean, the, it's at any moment the Brewers and the Cardinals could get hot. Oh they yeah. Could. They, oh yeah. And, and you know, in the blink of an eye, the Cubs could find themselves in a hole that's going to be hard to get out of since we're approaching August. Take away but, the yeah. Brewers and Cardinals for just a second. You can't rule out the Reds or Pirates either the no, way they've it's, been playing recently. Yeah, it's, it, I don't think there's a division in baseball that's as tight as this one. I wouldn't say this is the best division in baseball, not by a long shot. But I don't think there's one that's as tight. I mean, I, I, I don't see the Reds pulling anything crazy off, but... But realistically, they're, they're still in it. I mean, they, they, you can't rule it out. I mean, All it takes is one hot streak by any of these teams. It's possible. If the Reds got super hot, they could, you know, three weeks from now, they could be in first place. They could. I don't think it'll happen, but they're not that far off. And so, yeah, the, uh, the Cubs, they have no room for complacency at all. None. I just I watched those games between the Pirates and the Reds that past week. And what I just notice, and you know, maybe this is just my my meatball eye watching it, maybe it's not really the case, but just the way I see it, I watch the Pirates are full of energy. They look motivated to win. Same with the Reds. I'm just not seeing that from the Cubs right now. I'm just not seeing it. I just I, there's a difference. Look at what happens when the Pirates get a rally going. I mean, they look like they're ready to pounce, and they pretty much yeah. There's there's took, excitement there. Yeah, and they pretty much took advantage of every opportunity they could. And you know what happened to the Cubs that game they won on Fourth of July? 
it all took off after Joe Ben got ejected. I I truly believe, and I didn't, you know, maybe he said this in an interview. I didn't really read the interviews after the game, but it was clear to me the intention of that ejection was to light a fire under his team. That was the only reason. I could see that. I mean, and certainly they need they need something. And you know, I've I've written about this recently for Cubby's Crib. I I just don't know who the guy is. It, it's it's probably not Joe Madden, and you know, and I'm talking about players here. I don't know who the player is that takes control and tries to light a fire in guys. I don't know who it is. We had because, one a few years ago. Yeah, he was a catcher. Yeah, we yeah we knew it was David Ross. It's it's clear that that guy was David Ross. But who is it since David Ross? I don't know. I don't Lizzo know either. is a leader on the field. I don't think he's necessarily the big motivator in the clubhouse. No. And I, it's, it's just looking more and more like they don't have one of those guys, and they need one bad. I agree. And you can argue that losing Ben Zobrist was not only just bad on the field, but in the locker room, too. He said he wanted to be a bigger leader, a bigger presence, Things kind of started going downhill when he left. I think his presence is greatly missed. I I think so too. And I I just I don't know, it's it's really tough to see this because it just is kind of it's frustrating to see. It's frustrating to see a group of fairly young guys. I mean, a, a roster Ice of with guys with a lot of fire. Look at Contreras and Baez. Yeah, not just and, any young guys. Yeah, I, I mean, this is the, a group of guys just entering their prime, and they just don't look all that interested. You've tasted winning already. Shouldn't you salivate for more? You would think so, but maybe it's a situation where you know they they're still experiencing a World Series hangover. Like, you know, we we finally pulled off what the sports world deemed impossible. And so where do you go from there? I'm going to take Obviously this moment. Repeat, but it, yeah. But maybe that's part of it. I'm going to take this moment to call to a sports team in the city that recently ended up winning multiple titles. And that's the Chicago Blackhawks. I know you don't watch hockey, but I'm just going to say this. During those prime years, when those Hawks teams went on runs, they were always ready to go out there and give it their best. They never backed down from anything. They went out there and, you know, without tooting their horns, you know, without being obnoxious about it, they just went out there and said, look, we're going to beat you. And we want more. There was a hunger and thirst for more. And they got three championships out of a core. And they arguably should have gotten four if it wasn't for a missed offsides call in 2014. But that's another story. Even in the years where they didn't win, from their prime years from 2010 to 2015, those three years they didn't win, one, they lost a game they easily could have won, which would have given them another Stanley Cup. But that was, you know, that was just fate not being on their side. Mm -hmm. And in the other two times, they were down in a series. They were down 3-0 in the first round series, and they pushed it to game seven in overtime. And then in another series, they were down 
They, you know, they, they didn't win, but they still didn't give up when they were down three games to one. Those guys were always motivated. I have not seen that same fire that this Cubs team had in 2015 and 2016 the past three years. I just, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. They look different. They just, they just don't have that same spark that they had. They don't have that same excitement level. And, you know, you mentioned guys like Baez Contreras. They always, they're, they're different. But the rest of this team, I just don't see them gelling together very well. Do you? No, and I don't think it's like they're not gelling. Like, how do I say it? It's not like they dislike each other. They don't want to be no. with each other. It's not like 2004 when the Cubs wanted to tear each other apart. But you don't, but you don't see them coming together like they did. I mean, remember when they chanted, we never quit, we never quit? Yeah. I don't see that level of camaraderie anymore. Yeah. I mean, look at the veterans on the team. It's like they feel like, I don't know. It's, it's almost like they, they've, they feel like they've proven all they've needed to prove. And now they don't, they, you know, this is, that's what it seems like. It seems like they feel like they have nothing left to prove. And don't mistake this conversation as we're saying they don't want to win because I'm sure as heck they want to win and they want to put their best effort. But there's a difference between wanting to win and really wanting to win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure Vince Lombardi said something like that. You know, Vince Lombardi had all those inspirational quotes. I'm sure if you brought Vince Lombardi back and you showed the difference between 16 and now he would say something about it. And yeah, you can say motivation, dedication can be a little bit of a, you know, overrated thing to say when you have a team of talent and ability. But when you're seeing a team with all this talent and ability underperform and you see just a lack of energy at times, I think all you need is an eye test to tell you that. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. And Unfortunately, I don't know how they fix this. I'm not sure if there's a guy uh, that they could acquire on the trade market that could that could fix this or not. I, I it's going to have to come with it from within. It's going to have to come from somebody who's already on the team, I think. And you know, maybe it just takes a little hot streak at the plate for these guys to to start feeling motivated again. I don't know, but it's really frustrating to see. One of the cut. Topics of conversation that a lot of people bring up is Joe Madden himself. Now, some will say that firing Joe Madden midseason can be a much needed spark. And we've seen coaches in sports get fired and the team gets really hot. Here's the thing. That is a very, very big gamble to fire someone mid-season that you have won with. And I'm not saying Joe Madden is, you know, still in his prime years as a manager with the Cubs. Every coach has an expiration date. I always believe that. I just truly feel like if the Cubs want to move on, which I can understand, I'm not knocking Joe Madden, but, you know, this the, the message does get stale after a while. I, I just feel like not re-signing him in the offseason – is a better move than just firing him right now when you're still technically in first place. I just I think that would send a very mixed message. If they were down 
five plus games, then maybe you could make a bigger argument for that. But right now, I just don't know if that's the answer. I wouldn't even call it a gamble. I would just call it stupid. I mean, and even if they were even if they were behind five games, I would still think it was stupid because I think I think the players clearly like Joe Madden. And even if they were in a bit of a hole, I don't think firing him is the way to get these guys to rally together. I just don't. Well, you know, maybe it's not so much a, a rallying scenario. If they were down by a lot, it'd be a, okay, we're starting the retool now. And if he's not coming back next year and we want to get some fresh minds in here, might as well start now. But that's not the case right now. They're still trying to go for it. That was the scenario I was kind of pointing to, if that makes sense. I just think that this team has had nothing but success since Joe Madden came to the Cubs. Nothing but it's success. True. And now... In 2019, they hit a little bit of a bump in the road, and all of a sudden, this huge sect of, of Cubs fans are ready to throw him out the door. And I, I just don't understand that. Well, it, we've had we've had multiple years now of proof that Joe Madden is a good manager who can who can lead this team all the way. We've had proof of it. And, and I'm not saying I want slightest, Joe Madden fired, but I'm, I'm not saying I'm not talking about you here. Just Cubs fans in general. No, no, but I want to play devil's advocate for a second, just to play devil's advocate. Okay. You look at the lack of fundamentals. You look at like a lack of motivation. Can't that reflect on the coaching? Sure. Of course it can. If Joe Mann is more involved in the coaching like he said he was, and you're seeing a lot of this misplay, it at least kind of makes you think, right? Yeah, I, I I also think that you know just because this is the way things are going now, doesn't necessarily mean that they won't make any sort of adjustments down the road. No, and I mean that's why I'm not on the fire Joe Madden right now train. I'm not. I'm just I'm just looking at it from all angles, and I can understand. I you know what I'm I don't even care what happens. From here on out, I think firing Joe Madden in any capacity would just be the most Cubs thing ever. And I would totally resent them for doing it. I mean, for a, more than a century, they're a laughing stock, a sports laughing stock. And then Joe Madden comes along and finally helps them to do it. Something that nobody thought the Cubs would ever do ever again. And then they would fire him? A few years later, that just seems like a, a total, total lack of gratitude, and it seems something so stupid that only the Cubs could do it. And I, I would hate it if they did that. I just would hate it. Would you hate it if they didn't bring him back next year? I wouldn't like it. I suppose if there, if it was mutual that Joe Madden didn't want to resign and the Cubs weren't necessarily that interested in resigning him either, I could live with that. Because I really don't think, based on what I've heard, that Theo Epstein wants to keep him around much longer. I I really think that he's gone next year. I think every passing day, it seems more and more likely that he's gone. I just, I, I truly feel like this Who's is his last get? year. Who are they going to get? I don't know. Well, that's kind of something that we should know. I mean, if, we, if we're clear and sure that we're not happy with Joe Madden, we should at least have some idea of 
of who we would be better off with. Well, I don't think that we'd be better off with anybody for the rest of the season. I'm just talking about beyond this season. I I guess I just I'm not I'm not sure who they're going to get that is going to be a big step up. I I don't know. I don't see anyone who they'd get right now to be a big step because, up for the rest of the because season. I'll tell you that. That's that's a I mean that's a gamble. That's a big gamble. I mean, look at the Nationals. They Cubs fans were were certain that Dave Martinez was, you know, the Nationals were getting a gem in Dave Martinez and look how that's turned out. It's, I mean, maybe it has not Cubs, turned out well. Cubs target somebody like that. They they acquire somebody like that under the radar. Great coach. Uh, fans of the team he was previously with say, oh, man, you're getting a good one. Uh, and then things turn out the way they're turning out for the Nationals. I mean, it's, that's the risk you take, I guess. Meanwhile, there's Joe Madden, who is a proven winner everywhere he's ever been. And you're letting him walk out I, the door because of a, a, a subpar couple months. I'm not trying to advocate for Joe Madden's firing here, but I'm just saying I... After this season, if they truly believe the message has gone stale, if they believe he is losing the locker room, if they truly believe he's no longer the guy to lead them anymore, then, yeah, you got to make a well, change. Then, do, do you? Is that yes. the... I disagree. Yes. I don't think that... Every coach has an so, expiration so date. Why? why? No. The that's... Blackhawks fired Coach Quenville after winning three Stanley Cups. The message was lost. He lost the locker room. It happens to every single coach and manager in sports. I, dis- I disagree. I think Why? I think sometimes you can go out on top. In fact, many coaches have. I don't. What I mean? Why? Well, couldn't... If he loses the locker so, room, so if, you're if, keep if, him there? if he if he's losing the locker room, if the message is stale, why can't management just go to Joe Madden and say your message is stale? Find a new message. Why can't that's not Easier that's not a possibility? Done. Easier said than done. That's. It, the coach is there to be that so guy. Fi- so, fi- so letting him go and finding somebody else is yes is the easier op. I totally yes. disagree. Yes, that's like starting from it scratch. It happens every year with teams. Every year. I think any is, sport. I think. I mean, I've got my I've got my problems with Joe Madden too, but I think this whole thing with him is just way way too reactionary, given his record. And I'm just saying that it depending on how me. this year goes, it's it's going to determine a lot. I'm not saying fire him right now. I am not I on just, the fire I'm, Joe Madden. No, train. I know I, I know a lot of people aren't on the fire train, but I know a lot of people also absolutely don't want him re-signed after this season, and that that is a head scratcher to me too. I mean, for God's sakes, the guy the guy finally helped this team win the World Series. I know, but there's a I, point where you have to be getting the results now and we're, not and going we're off at, on, what, well, three, four years first, ago. They're in first place right now. I, well, I we mean, don't know I, where I they're going to be after this I know season. they're underperforming a little bit right now, but the, I, I, th- I just think this whole thing is a little premature. Well, I mean, he hasn't been extended yet, and he's on his final year, and he you know, look the, at what's he been took happening. the Tampa Bay Rays to the World Series, for God's sake. And, and I also, I, I just don't know how... You can't exactly quantify how much of this is on Joe Madden, too. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna pile on him during the tough times here, then we better give him full credit for the good times, right? Well, of course. And then who's to say? And then who's to say that can't be the case again next year? 
I mean, why is it a given? It's a results-based business. Why, why is it a given that that what's going on this if year something is, stops is going working, to carry over? Okay, well, new. well then, then by this logic, the Red Sox should be ready to to cut Alex Cora loose too, right? Why? It's they they're the defending champs because they're stru- Yeah, well, the Cubs the Cubs won in twenty sixteen too, but the Red Sox are having a rough season this year, just like the Cubs are. But this, you know, since it's tough right now. Results aren't there. He's got to go. Well, it's a difference between I, a few see, years. You see what I'm saying here? Not but really. It, 2016 is not that long ago. I mean, that's that's really not that long ago at it, all. There's more to it than just that, though. If the players are not responding, if there is a is that loss what's going of communication, on, we don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that my whole point is Joe Men. while I don't want him fired, and I think he gets way too much blame, he shouldn't be absolutely invincible either. If there are clear Nobody's problems, saying that he's invincible, but I also feel like we're all just we. I feel like it's it's consensus now that nobody wants him back, and that I don't understand. I mean, if they bring him back, I won't protest at all. But if they feel like if they don't do not accomplish their ultimate goal, if they want to go in another direction, I can respect that. I can. I don't know. I I I don't know that I would. I think that if they if they don't want him back, if they if they don't offer him any sort of deal after this and the Cubs are losers for the next few decades, they deserve it. I think so, it would be an, I, mean, I think it would be an all-time it, I, I'm just thinking ahead here if they push Madden out the door after this season, they don't want him back and the Cubs doesn't want miss, to be back. and the Cubs miss well, that's certainly a possibility too, but he's he is on the record as saying that he would like to stay in Chicago. Well, but of if course they, he's gonna say if that. they if they push him out and they don't want him back and the Cubs don't make the postseason for the next several years, they would that's that's absolutely something that the Cubs would do as an organization and they would deserve the losing that would come. So if they, they don't make the it. postseason this year and they get rid of Madden and they don't make the postseason the next year, is it because they fired Madden? It could be. But what if they don't make it this year? Uh, if they miss the postseason this year, that would be terrible. I don't think that would necessarily be a reason, a concrete reason to let Madden go. I think that y- you got to look at y- these seasons, multiple seasons where everything goes right, and one season where things don't go right. Uh, well, last year hard. didn't exactly end that great. Okay, how many games did they win last year? Did they win the division? Did they win a playoff game? It doesn't matter. Teams get hot. No, that's that's exactly what matters. Sometimes. Yeah, it does. It, All that it, matters is winning the World Series. Read, you can't read too much into that. Were the Cubs a good baseball team last year? They weren't good enough. Were they a good baseball team last year? They were good, but they weren't good enough. They were a good baseball team last year, right? Did they win 90-plus games? Did they win the division? Did they win a playoff game? Did they win 90-plus games? They did. And is, and is that hard to do? Yes. But did they yes. accomplish their ultimate goal? They were, so, how many games so, were they up? So if we're going to put it on Joe Madden now, I'm not putting it on Joe Madden. Well, then we have to I'm credit not... him for doing it then. And, then there, and there's no reason to believe that he couldn't do it next year and the year after that, too. Sometimes bad seasons just business. happen. Good coaches can have bad seasons, yes or no. Yeah, but you can't have too many. That's not a reason. One bad, too many. This is just one. What did they do last year? They didn't win a playoff game. The Cubs were a great baseball team last year that got cold at 
the worst possible time. Uh, I'm not I'm not clearing Joe Madden of any responsibility for that. I'm also not putting it all on him either. As we you know, shouldn't. As we shouldn't. I, this is, I, I just think this is part of what we, you know, we said this would happen too. That if the Cubs did win the World Series, that expectations would get so incredibly high, uh, sometimes unrealistically so. Well, I mean, it's, it's very high. And I can't be mad at Joe Mann for 2017, not at all. I can't really be mad at him for last year either. But I, I'm just saying that if the results aren't coming at a, at a desired rate again, then... You know, obviously changes are going to have to happen. Just one year, not even one year. This is this is just a couple months. I mean, what's what's our tune going to be if if by September the Cubs are are five, six, ten games in first place and they're you know they they look like they're on par with the Dodgers? It could happen. Of course, it can. I just think this is all a little premature. Well, it's still it's, something it's, to think about. He's on the last year of his it's, deal. It's, it's it's a little reactionary. I I just don't think it's fair to the guy, given his resume. I just don't know that. It, I don't. I I guess I just can't wrap my head around why people expect this to be the norm going forward. If Joe Madden sticks around, I mean, you've got several years of proof that that he's good and he can lead a team and then a little few months stretch where things aren't going well and all of a sudden this it's a given that this is who he's going to be for the rest of his tenure if he has uh an elongated cubs tenure i it just seems illogical and reactionary and unfair and it seems like ingratitude well i again i don't blame joe madden for a lot of the shortcomings here like like i'm just saying if there is something going on that we don't know about and there is clear communication lost, then there's a problem. And we don't know what's going to happen at the end of the year. He could earn an extension. Maybe he doesn't get one. You know me. I have been very pro-Joe Madden. I mean, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. If they, if they truly believed that there was relationship loss between the team, the front office, and him, and they felt like they needed to make a change next year, I, I can respect that. That's all I'm trying to say. If, if they, they extend were, him, okay. If they were adamant that that's what's going on, but I mean, we don't necessarily know that that's what's going on. We don't, but I'm just saying, if that is their justification of it, I can respect that. I just, I, I always am a true believer that messages from any coach in any sport can get stale. I don't know when that is. I think every manager runs his course with a franchise. I don't really know if that's the case with Joe Mann. I don't want to think it is, but, but Joe Madden maybe could they change feel differently. Message. Well, how do you how do you do that? Don't he, ask me. I'm not Joe Madden, but I, I mean, it's he is who he is to a degree. That doesn't mean he can't change a little bit. Well, of course not. But you can change your mindset, your philosophy, your message. You don't necessarily have to change people to do that. Well, easier said than done, I guess. I mean, we we see it all the time. So, sometimes so it works. Sometimes so is it doesn't. getting rid of so is getting rid of a proven winner for God knows who. Well, that happens. Teams change. Yeah, it happens. Philosophies change. The debate is whether or not that's the smarter choice. Well, sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. That's the thing about sports. Sometimes when things happen, you never know what's going to happen next. 
But I mean, it, I, I've sounded very anti Joe Madden lately. I mean, on this show, and I really don't want to sound like that. I'm just, like I said, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. I think there's just, there's more than any of us can understand. And I still truly believe that he's the right guy to be up there right now leading this team. I really do believe that. I do too. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that Joe Madden is absolutely perfect and he, you know, he's the best manager that ever, you know, he's got his faults without a doubt. He, he does some things that, that make me scratch my head stuff that I'm, I'm not a big fan of either, but I think overall the good outweighs the bad. Absolutely. And the Cubs should, you know, be careful with this. I mean, that's a huge decision. I don't think that's something you take lightly. And I mean, the thing is, if you fired him right now, who would you replace him with? Mark Loretta? You think that's going to do well, anything? That, well, firing him now would just be ridiculous. I think that I would, agree. I think that would be, in essence, throwing away the season. It would be kind of a. It would be way too. It, it would to me it'd be like a panic move. At this, it, when you're still in first place, I think. It shows you're insecure about your own team. I think that's a good way to create animosity between the players and the front office. Sure. Sure. I I can agree with that. Like I said, I think it'd be a little different if they were way out of a playoff race, but that's not the case. That's not the case. So, I just... I really feel like this team in the second half... If they make the right adjustments, they can go off. I think a lot of people feel the same way. I just, I'm a little tired of having to wait until the second half for this team to get hot. It, it feels like that's been, that's been the case since they won the World Series. I agree. And, you know, I understand everyone's frustration with that. I really do. I just think that we get a little too caught up in, you know, this guy needs to go this you know sometimes things just work themselves out this is mostly the same team that has had success in the past and there's really no reason to believe that they can't have success again of course now they can't stand pat no no way they can stand pat they have to do something and i don't think they will you don't think they'll stand pat no, I think they'll acquire somebody. Oh, yeah, the way somebody's. you said it, the way you said it, it sounded like I don't think they will make a move. I, I'm just clarifying that. Oh no, 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 no. I was, I was saying I don't think they'll stand pat. I don't I think either. they'll do something. There's no way. The way Theo Epstein has talked, there's just, there's no way. There's absolutely no way they'd stand pat. Um, question for you. Okay. Who, if you had to pick? One or two players you would DFA, release, put on the IL. Could be a pitcher, position player, whoever. To make room for somebody else. Who would it be? Probably a reliever who's got a trash can ERA. Uh, Part of me wants to say Addison Russell because I just don't really care for the guy. But I think that... They probably still could get something for him, so I I I don't think I would just cut him. But uh, DFA probably Descalso. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if he doesn't get any better, 
I think you just got to cut your losses on that one uh, because that's been pretty ugly. Do you think they're going to stick with Mike Montgomery much longer? Because if you ask me, in my personal opinion, I, I just think that his days as a Cub are coming to an end. Yeah, I mean, the way he's been playing, I mean, you could just go out and acquire somebody that could do that. I mean, it's... I hate to say it, but I agree with you. It, it Every time he takes the ball, it feels like a disaster waiting to happen. Every single time. And, that's, and he's taking the ball in situations he shouldn't be in. That's what's frustrating. Yeah. I, I don't... I don't disagree with you there, but I mean, I'm not sure who they go to if they if they cut Montgomery loose. But I have to agree; it does sort of feel like he's on borrowed time. He wants to be a starter. He hasn't had a defined role as a Cub yet. We thought by now he'd have a more defined role, and I just think part of me feels like if he had a defined role with another team he would probably benefit from that. So it may be in best interest for both the Cubs and him to move on. I, that's just kind of how I see it right now. I don't know about you, but it might be. I mean, it's, it's been no secret that he's not overly pleased with the situation he's in. I right. Mean, he's, he's made it abundantly clear that he wants to be a starter and that's just, he's never going to be a regular starter in Chicago, at least not, not this year, not in the foreseeable future. So, yeah, maybe he's just not happy here. And what he needs to succeed is a change of scenery. Okay, one more interesting question for you. Uh, I've kind of seen these uh, these tweets pop up, kind of, you know, scenarios from people. Would you be open to retooling your regulars to still win? And by that, I mean you trade some of the guys on your big league roster that are not necessarily like, oh, you're just dumping off Daniel Descalso or Mike Montgomery or Addison Russell. I mean taking some guys on your roster that have some value and trading them elsewhere to switch things up a little bit with with the idea that you're still, quote-unquote, buying and improving your big league roster. So, uh, for example you trade like a Schwarber or a Quintana or, or something like that. Would you be open to them doing that? Yes. If they, if they believed it was a win now move. Yes, I would. Doesn't, I would too. Doesn't mean that I would necessarily like the move, but if the, that general idea, yeah, I could be on board with that. Because the reality is, the Cubs don't have a lot of prospects to trade. The ones that they do have, they don't want to trade. And I'm mainly talking about Alzali and Nico Horner. And on your big league roster, you have some guys that maybe you wished were doing better and you don't think you're going to get much better. But you're not in a position to sell by any means. You're trying to win now. Mm -hmm. And even if you were going to sell... I mean, unless there was a fire sale, which is like never going to happen, at least not right now, you don't have that, that many veteran assets that would kind of fall under the retooling sell-off. You'd have maybe Cole Hamels, maybe you'd have Jose Quintana, 
You wouldn't have much. You don't have Ben Zobris right now, so that's not an option. So you you got to get creative here. That's just that's just the reality of it. I agree, and we'll just have to wait and see. Do you have any thoughts on how they should fix the lineup outside of trade, outside of uh, a call up? Do you think there's do you think there's a move they can do just with the lineup card? Do you think that a guy just yeah, needs stop. to get hot? Yeah, stop leading off Kyle Schwarber. Okay, so who would you lead off then? Who's your guy? <sighs> would you try Chris Bryant? Maybe. I mean, he's that wouldn't be... Ideally, you'd like to have him after guys to, to hit them home, being that he's one of your better hitters, but... You know, you look at look at the facts. He's he's a decent runner. He's mm-hmm. a better runner than I think a lot of the the analysts give him credit for. I agree. Right? And he gets on base at a really high clip. So just given those two things, not a bad leadoff option. The other thing Maybe. is you look at him recently, he's much better hitting when there's nobody on base. I'm just saying. Yeah, he's he's been pretty much useless with runners on, especially runners in scoring position. And I'd hate to say anything about bad about Chris Bryant, who has like a 400 on base and a, a OPS of like 950, but you know, you can see it. You, you see the difference with runners on and yeah. runners not on. It's there. I would, I would rather have Chris Bryant leading off than Kyle Schwarber. I'm not, I don't really fully understand the Kyle Schwarber leadoff thing. I don't like it, and I wish it would stop. I mean, unfortunately, you're just in a position where you don't have a lot of options, and I wouldn't want Chris Bryant leading off for the long term, but you you saw in the past few years when Joe Madden wanted to kind of get his offense going again, he would lead off like a Rizzo or somebody like that, and oftentimes it would work. They'd they'd kind of get back on track, so maybe that's what they got to do. Maybe. And if you're going to play Robel Garcia, then maybe lead him off. I don't know. Maybe. He's got speed. He's got a lot of energy. If he keeps getting on base, there you go. I, I think, though, you can agree on one thing. Don't do Elmore anymore in the leadoff spot. No. Don't do it. No. Don't no. do it. Yuck. That just, uh, that that didn't work. He's not a guy who walks a lot, and he often swings right away. And, uh, you know, the ground ball rate is very, very high. So he just I would not want him in that spot. And, frankly, I really only like seeing Almora these days when he's a defensive replacement or he's, you know, pinch hitting in a spot mm-hmm. where they need contact. I agree. One last question before we sign off. Okay. Who was your biggest surprise in a good way, a player, and your biggest disappointment in a player on this team so far? Biggest surprise and biggest disappointment. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, biggest disappointment, Kyle Schwarber. Every year we wait for the year for him to really break out and be uh, a high caliber player, not the case. Uh, mm-hmm. He's still he's got some pop, but not enough pop uh, to justify a two twenty batting average if he's going to play mostly every day. Kyle Schwarber, biggest disappointment. Uh, okay. Javi Baez, uh, I, I wouldn't say 
most I don't know most surprising probably isn't accurate but I think a lot of people probably expected him to regress a lot sure. after the amazing season that he had last year sure. and for him to to mostly play up to that same level up until he got hurt is really really impressive to me and I think it's surprised a lot of people okay that's fair um for me I'd personally say biggest surprise uh maybe Cole Hamels I knew how good of a we all knew how good he of a career yeah, he's that's, had that's but that's a good one he's been he's been a lot better than most people anticipated cuz I thought okay last year he came to a new team you know he was just kind of hot or whatever and uh he's older now and maybe he'll take a step back again but no he hasn't he's pitched like the Cole Hamels of old he looks so great yeah I think I I think before the season started my prediction for Cole Hamels is that he would be like a 375, 380 ERA guy for them. Kind of where I was. Obviously, he's been much better than that. Hopefully, that injury is not too serious. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to wait and see. And then my most disappointing. Well, I mean, Kyle Schwarber is definitely one because look, if he had say maybe five more home runs and an on base of like 350 plus. I think we'd be talking a little different here, but that's not the case. Um, boy, I mean, Daniel Descalso, I thought he was going to be, a, I, I know Daniel Descalso isn't an all-star by any means, but I thought he was going to be a lot better than this. Um, that's one. I think Mike Montgomery can fall into that category as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, those are kind of guys I'd talk about. Part of me wanted to say Ian Happ, too, but, I I mean, it's hard to list him if he hasn't even gotten to play yet. But, I mean, that in itself is disappointing. If you look at where he was in 2017 and where he was projected to be, then you could say, yeah, probably that. But, I mean, just in the season on the big league roster, you know, the rules may be a little different here for this kind of scenario question. But, yeah, that's I'm definitely glad you brought that up. And, what from what I've seen the last week, he's been pretty good at the plate. So I just wonder if we're going to see him at some point. I feel like we're going to have to see him at some point. Regardless Maybe. of what the overall numbers are. Maybe that's the spark that lights the fire. Maybe. I don't know. But probably not. There's going to be a lot of questions answered over the next few weeks because you look at the second half. You have Pittsburgh, you have Cincinnati. So back-to-back division series. Then you play San Diego at home. Then you go to San Francisco. Then three in Milwaukee, three in St. Louis, three against Milwaukee at home, three against Oakland, and then three in Cincinnati. So a lot of division games at the end of July and the beginning of August. This next month, could determine their fate and a lot of people's fates in this division. That's how tight it is. It's kind of exciting, to be honest. It's exciting and nerve wracking. And let's just hope the Cubs can do what they usually do and win. (laughs) You know, let's hope they can win. Let's hope. Have any other thoughts before we sign off here? No, I think we pretty much covered it all. 
All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to remind everyone you could check out this podcast on iTunes.com. You could check out Cubby's Crib at Cubby'sCrib.com. Be sure to give all the articles a read and share them on Twitter or Facebook. Until next time, he's Adam. I'm Alex. Have a great night.